All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing Spin the One and Twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. 877-37-GRIND is your number. All right, keeping it rolling, let's transition a little bit into uh, college. Let's check in with oh, Dante. I didn't read his. Dante has a uh, post, Dante Evans, on Facebook Live. He says, I was one of those ones that thought the game had passed Pop, but I definitely found myself saying last night, damn, I'm glad we got Pop and RC. Side note, what happens if the Cowboys get blown out on Sunday? Well, keep in mind, Dante, RC's handling the business side of things. All right. So we don't want to, even though I know he still has a say-so, but we just don't want to uh, totally discredit the other brothers, the GM, you know, right? So, I mean, I get what you're saying. Um, but to answer your football question, what happens if the Cowboys get blown out Sunday? Um, I don't know. Uh, great question, Dante. I just think that it'll be one of those that uh, – the Mike McCarthy chatter, a heat up again um, on what they're doing. I'm pretty sure if they get, I mean, I don't anticipate them getting blown out. I mean, to be honest with you, I haven't decided either way on this game. I mean, I think Philly, would it surprise me if Philly has their best game so far that we've seen because it's a division game? I mean, they're catching three at home. They're three-point favorite, a field goal favorite. Um, I don't really, I don't anticipate Dallas getting blown out in this one. They shouldn't um, because Philly hasn't really blown out anybody, really, for the most part, because uh, this was just last year. But I think if, hypothetically, if they would lay an egg, speaking of Dallas on Sunday, I think just the doubt creeps back in uh, with Mike McCarthy and this staff and what they're doing. And if they do get blown out, I'm pretty sure Dak probably hadn't played one of his better games, and he'll he'll be the topic of discussion as well. So that's the best way I can answer that one for you, Dante. What do you got? Well, you almost feel like a blowout can maybe get the get the fire really started again. This this kicks off the second half of the season, so so it, maybe it recenters the Eagles. You get that big one over the Cowboys, but I know you had on the docket you wanted to kind of look at the games moving forward for each team yes, in terms of yes, what that I means. I forgot about that. And so when you look at down the road, you don't want to look too far ahead. But if they were to get blown out, speaking of the Cowboys, to Dante's question, you see the Eagles, you host the Eagles in four weeks um, again to see them the second time. So but what falls in there between? Because I'm glad I'm, I'm appreciate you reminding because I did want to look at both teams, Philly and Dallas, what their next three games after this. So before they get to Philly again in four weeks, what would be their next three before that after this one? Well, on the on the Cowboys side, yeah, on the Dallas side, yeah, they've got the Giants next. Okay, that's a win, and that's a host. You host the Giants. You're at Carolina with Bryce Young. Their offense is looking a little different since Frank Wright gave it, but it's only been one week. I'll see what it looks like when they play the the Colts this weekend, but that should be a win. Then you host the Commanders um, on on Thanksgiving. That's a win. Uh, well, Thanksgiving. Uh, it's a short week because you got you're playing the you're playing the Panthers on the nineteenth. Then you're playing again on the twenty third. That should be seventy. I'm gonna say I would normally say that's a win, but I'm gonna put that seventy thirty because Dallas has been known to lay eggs on Thanksgiving, uh, like losing to teams they shouldn't really lose to. So, but that should be a win. And then you've got the Seahawks on the thirtieth, and then the Eagles. Where and is all, that? that whole stretch from Commanders, Seahawks. Eagles is all in Dallas. Where's that Seattle one at? In Dallas. In Dallas. 
I'm going to see what Seattle's made up on the road going to Baltimore. Um, I know what they're made up of in 12 man. Um, you know, the one thing Gino hasn't shown me quite yet is that he can consistently win on the road. Um, but that would be a tough one. But I think if you get blown out, I think the, the – and it's going to depend on how they would get blown out if they do. I don't anticipate them doing, but would I be shocked if Philly did it? No. It really just comes back. Those are at least two or three games that are winnable before you get washed in Giants. I mean, before you really see a Seattle have to come back to Philly. But but it, it'll it be a lot of chatter. Just put it that way, Dante. It'll be a lot of chatter, negative chatter around the Metroplex area. Now, for got? the Eagles side, this is very key for momentum, in my opinion. You've got the Cowboys, then you've got the bye. You've got 15 days off before you play, before you go to Arrowhead and play the Chiefs on the 20th. Mm. And then you host the Bills, and then you host the Niners, and then you've got the Cowboys in in, in Dallas. That's why I wanted you that's why I wanted to do this to look at the next coming games. Um Things could change really quickly, man. I, I mean, you know, either way, uh, for either team. I, I mean, honestly, I think Dallas, looking at the layout of the schedules of both teams, the next three games after this one, um, it could probably be easier for Dallas to regain some confidence if they do lose this game, get blown out with their next opponents, in reference to Philly. Because uh, you know, for one, how the Philly media is. And they haven't looked that great, even though they're steady winning. Um, people have kind of looked at Jalen Hurts like, oh, this ain't the MVP of last. So if Philly loses, it's probably a little bit more stress level on really where they're going to be at when you're talking about those next opponents, you know, going in. And also knowing that Kansas City's in that mix, I mean, that's the reason why this is a monster game, you know, for Kansas City and Miami. Because if Kansas City loses that, now you're talking about two losses in a row, and then look what's on the rise. And the next thing you know, we could look up and say, hey, man, the Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champs, have lost three out of five, four out of six. And then I'll be like, I told y'all it was too much Sam Rothstein by Travis Kelsey. You know who Sam Rothstein is, right? It's a character from Casino, the one that kept uh, Robert uh, De Niro's character. Which he has a it's crazy. He has a crazy case that's going on with his borderline nanny. I mean, she's his servant. She works for him. But he's I was reading that this morning. He's got a lawsuit going on. She's been working from I think she's 40, 41. I think she is like his girlfriend or wife's involved. I mean, I don't know. She's getting sued for what that's going on. And then his buddy, because I put him running mates damn near Al Pacino. The young lady that he just had a kid by not too long ago, everybody's talking about the one that he's kind of old enough to be her grandfather. I mean, Al is like 83. Well, they both had kids within the last, I think, year. Well, Al just got known that he's getting hit over the head going forward for $30,000 a month in child support. They did a deal, 30000 a month. Um, I think upfront money is going to be like about, I don't know, about $150,000 or $50,000. I'm like, Damn, you know, it's just 83. Like you're supposed to, but but just a young thing. And from what I've heard, this is kind of what this young lady has done in regards to, you know, because I'd say she was dating somebody, but I was just reading that. I was like, man, you know, let me get back to sports because this is kind of depressing. 30 grand, that's like a lick, man. I mean, you know, 
that's why, you know, through the whole Me Too movement and everything, I was thinking like, you know, how bad does women, how bad do they really have it in this country? I mean, we get past the equal. I mean, you could just be being yourself at the store, at the bar. You bump up into the right dude. It necessarily don't have to be an Al Pacino. Next, things happen. 18, that's a lottery ticket. It's a scratch off. I mean, as long as the laws leave it, as long as they let the laws be the laws that it is in this country that's one-sided for child support and animal, I'll, I'll just go ahead and treat it like that. That is 30000 a month. I mean, hell, the Texas Lottery had a game called the Weekly Grand. I don't even think that mounted to 30000 a month if you won that. So I was like, let me get back to sports. This is disturbing. But you know what, Al Pacino, that's your old ass fault any damn way. But anyway, what do you got? Speaking of the guy that you want to call Sam Rothstein, uh, Kelsey, I asked you the other week when we were caught up in, in the Taylor Swift drama, right? Uh-huh. The reports were coming out at that time that he was going to go catch her on tour during their bye week. Oh, my goodness. So now you're coming off the loss to the Broncos. The embarrassing loss to the Broncos. Don't forget the, to add the embar- that. Kelsey, the embarrassing yeah. loss to the Broncos. You need to get this win in, in Germany because then you enter that bye week and you're coming back with the Eagles and the Raiders and the Packers. So I want to bring back my question because we have a different situation now. You're coming off of the loss to the Broncos. You've got it, you've you've got the Dolphins. If you don't win against Miami, are you okay with him stepping away for personal time to go see his girlfriend on tour? I do remember you asked me this before the Denver game. Um Look, man, it, I'll just say this. Because at the time I didn't have a problem with it because they, you know, this is something that he's done already. They've been doing since the offseason. I'm not going to change now, but I will tell you it's not going to look good. I mean, him showing up at the Texas Rangers game the other day, I mean, the guy that called him a goat, unk, unk, Shannon Sharp, Shannon roasted him for showing up at that game, with like, during the course of the season. So, I'm not going to moonwalk and say, well, oh, no, I'll kill him. I, it, it, I, okay, fine. I'm not going to kill him. Because, first of all, the only thing that I've been really digging Kansas City about and really killing Trev is really started in the summer. I knew something was different because this is the longest they've celebrated a championship. And I told you, I'm not worried about 1-5. I ain't worried about Andy Reid. It's these other cats, and Travis has included that, is your belly full or not? Because, it, and I won't kill him for it, but I will tell you that is going to be a story that week. If he decides to still go and they're on a two-game losing streak and with that schedule coming up, and that's not going to – Coming it, right it, back against the Eagles. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, the, the when these scenarios play, I'm like, damn, no wonder. I couldn't get Josie Jewell and Judy and guys like off the team. They're probably looking at this like, well, damn, well, hold on, man. I'm looking at the schedule, and Sean's one of those coaches that do this. You knew we wasn't going to go a whole show without me ringing up somehow. Sean's the coach who do this to be look like, well, look at this schedule. What's going on out there in the landscape? Well, damn. Damn, Vance, we, we still in this. And Vance said, don't act like you didn't give me the desk there just a few weeks ago, man. Just leave me the hell alone. Let me keep trying to prove this D. Um, it's not going to be a good look, Jonas. But let's move on to college. We've got some college matchups this weekend. Number 23, Kansas State is at number 7, Texas. Both teams, this is crazy. When I saw this, I'm like, what? Both teams are among five teams sharing a piece of the first place 
lead in the Big 12. How is that possible? Like, I'm looking at, like, how is Texas or even Oklahoma don't have more lead? How is there five teams sharing a piece of first place in the Big 12? That's one thing. What do you got? Well, because Oklahoma got Texas. True. Kansas turns around and gets Oklahoma. Uh, so it's so do we have a, a conference of inconsistency? Nobody wants it, or is it below average or not as good as advertised? I think Texas is still a talented roster. That if they play them I mean, now, the question with this, you know, Malik Humphrey, the quarterback's going to get another start this weekend. You know, Quentin Ewers, he's out. And a lot of people are kind of surprised that you didn't see Archie at all last week. And and, and to me, well, sorry, that, teased it. He teased it, but he didn't put him out there. And part of me feels like this is Cooper and Peyton, like really like letting it be known, like, look, he's not ready this year. Like we're we're not like just go on and go what you're doing. This is that whole development process. But not saying you might not see him. I think there is a quarterback drop off a little bit to to, to Quentin Ewers. Um, if you look at this situation, Kansas State, um, they boast this best scoring defense in the Big 12. Okay. They've allowed a touchdown over just a touchdown over the past two games. And then also, if you look at it, K State has been using a two quarterback system their own self between Will Howard and Avery Johnson. Not Avery, shoot your shot, Admiral. Not that Avery. Another Avery Johnson. Key matchup in this. I know it's not sexy because no one likes talking special teams and all that. But if you look at Kansas State's pump team and you look at the return man, Xavier Worthy for Texas, field position and special teams is going to be a premium. I think Texas, this is might be a game that makes the foundation picks. And speaking of that, foundation alert, if you're not following me on Twitter, probably don't want to at the last two weeks, but make sure you go to Twitter or either Facebook Live. I'm not going to release the foundation picks today on air. We're going to release those tomorrow before 11 o'clock Central Standard Time. Had a chance not all the way to dive in the board, looked at the glance, and coming off the last two weeks, even though this is for entertainment purposes only, I know there's people out there that look at this stuff that I put out, so I take it serious, trying to bounce back, so they'll be out tomorrow. But this is one of the games that might make it. Texas is sitting at a four-point favorite uh, at home. I mean, Kansas State has lost a few games straight to Texas that's going to be an interesting one that has a lot of implications in the Big 12 um, also another particular game of course I'm going to have my eye on Alabama number 8 Alabama at uh, I should say at home versus number 14 LSU um, now last year LSU remember they won that matchup Brian Kelly's first year 32 to 31 in overtime alright now the one thing about this game is I believe LSU's quarterback, Jaden Daniels, if he can find a way to go in Tuscaloosa and win this game, I believe the Heisman talk ends up getting back to where he might end up definitely going to New York. Because if you look at him right now, he leads the nation in total offense with 386.8 yards per game. And he's got 25 tutties on the season through now. And he's got five rushing touchdowns. Nobody's really talking about it because really LSU's defense has been the story of the season. They're just trash. They played a little bit better, but this is one of the games. And keep in mind, I think this is the lowest favorite number Alabama has been at home since I think 2012. They're only a three-point field goal favorite at home against LSU. That is the shortest number that they've been favored. You have to go back to the Auburn game. I think it was the Auburn game of 2012. Or maybe I'm off a few years. 
that's the lowest number that they've been favored at home. Proceed with caution with this one. Uh, you know, normally, you know, I can't think of the last time I've seen Nick get got twice in two years back to back by the same coach. Um, Ellis use offense. I'm still not high on Alabama's secondary, but this game right here is going to play a lot into the West, the West side, just like Missouri with Georgia that I talked about in the first hour, how important that game is to the East side of the SEC. Um, this is going to mark the 18th time since 2002 that both of these teams that are playing they played each other being ranked think about that since 2002 this is the 18th time that's a lot of time that these two programs match up with each other and they're both ranked uh and they have split their last four meetings since 2009 so that's going to be an interesting one in tuscaloosa when we get back i want to take a little bit uh look at that missouri and georgia's number 12 missouri goes to athens between the hedges and takes on number two georgia you listen to the sports grind today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind are you moving around the greater san antonio area choose the storage experts tiger moving and storage whether you're moving an office or the whole family tiger moving and storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient prompt and cost-effective service to learn more and to secure your portable storage container today go to choose tiger.com tiger moving and storage official sponsor of the sports grind All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producers, spinning the one and twos in this R&B Friday. And today's show was presented by Dos Equis. All right, get a dose. And we have been broadcasting for the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And the last segment of the day and the week is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. Make sure you try out all their pre-made alcoholic drinks. They come in a lot of different flavors. And don't forget, they still have their Blazing Bloody Mary mix, Michelada mix as well, too. But whatever you do, don't forget to Zing Zang responsibly. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right. So... 
keeping it moving, the last college game, not one that I'm going to not be attention, paying attention to, the last one I'm paying attention to. There's a couple of them. Don't forget, you've got the uh, little rivalry there, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State uh, this weekend as well, too. <clears throat> we never, You know, all week we never did really mention Oklahoma's uh, stub on the toe and their loss that they uh, they took against Kansas. Excuse me. Um, so that takes this matchup between Oklahoma State a little bit more serious. I'll be paying attention to that one from afar. Also, with all the talk this week um, and, you know, the response uh, from Mr. Dabo, um, you know, Notre Dame going to Clemson, the fake Death Valley. LSU Tiger Stadium is what – that's considered me. I don't know if it's just SEC bias where that's the real Death Valley. But anyway, um, they're taking a trip, and you wonder – you know, Notre Dame is a slight three-point favorite on the road. You wonder if Clemson's going to, you know, rally around, win one for the Gipper. You know, the program's getting beat up. The coach is being asked, why the hell are we paying you $11.4 million? Um, you want to see if this team is going to rally. Um, if I'm Notre Dame, I would say proceed with caution. Uh, so I will have one eye on that one uh, just to see how Debo's team responds. Um but uh, the other one that I know that I will definitely have attention on is the one that I last one I wanted to touch on before we finished up. Um, and that is going to be number 12, Missouri, which is seven and one and they're three and one in the SEC. Uh, they're traveling to take on the two time defending defending champs, number two, Georgia, which is eight and oh and five and oh overall in the SEC. Um, if you look at Missouri, uh, Brady Cook, which is their quarterback. Uh, he's a dangerous passer and runner. Uh, he's got 2,259 passing yards. Uh, that's third in the SEC, um, and that's 15th in the nation overall. And he has 300-yard-plus uh, games in four out of his last six games. Okay, so he's a very viable quarterback that can pretty much, you know, beat you with his arm and his feet. Now, the keys to this matchup, if you look at it, the Missouri Tigers, they're averaging 90 they, – well, excuse me, not averaging. There are 97.1% success rate in the red zone. That's best in the country in Division I football. So something's got to give because Georgia ranks second in scoring defense, and they're only allowing 14.8 points per game. I think that's pretty much – you know, out of this run that George is on right now in the last few years, I think that's the most impressive part to me overall about Kirby Smart and what he's done with George is the fact that um, their defense has, I mean, they're all in Philly. I mean, they all graduate and go play for the Eagles. But for somehow, he's lost first rounder after first round that D-line, and he still has got a defense that's only given up 14 points, eight per game. And I don't care about who they played. They've only played so-and-so. If you can consistently, you know, no matter who you play against, especially when you're talking about 19-year-old, 18, 20-year-old kids, that's pretty much impressive. So I'll take my hat off to uh, Kirby Smart and just how he has this defense playing still consistently. I saw it for over a decade at Alabama, him do that, taking care of his unit. Uh, so it hasn't changed since he's the head guy at Georgia. Uh, but when you look at Missouri, like I said, you can really say this matchup, something's got to give. Uh, Missouri has scored 30 or more points in six straight games. Okay, so this right here, 
and I believe that the desert is still giving Georgia like double digits on this one, uh, which I've got to study that and handicap that a little bit more tonight. I don't know if that would make. I'm not a. I mean, you really pay attention to my foundation picks over the years. I'm usually not a high number um, giver uh, or handicap. I, I don't like high numbers. Uh, favorite or against uh, those are all backdoor nightmares I think for most people that participate in that stuff um, but this is one of those that Missouri has been able to really kind of fly on the radar I haven't talked much Missouri football at all on this show this year um, and the nation kind of had they kind of but you look at them they're seven and one they're three and one and they got a 12 ranking from the committee and this is an opportunity coming off the first ranking we'll have ranking number two on Tuesday you're getting a shot at number two, which I believe they should be number one in the country, speaking of Georgia. But you get a shot between the hedges, and that's a tough place to play. And and if you look at, you know, Georgia being able to continue, and this might be the game that they really do miss their tight end, which is really the best one of the best tight ends in the country. I mean, you know, he's going to be picked very high. I believe in the NFL draft is coming up. And when you say high, what's high for a tight end, Calvin? Um, where did, where did, what, what's my man's name that got, uh, he traded to, was it Hawkinson? He got traded to Minnesota. Detroit drafted him. Wasn't he, didn't they use a first round pick on him? Late first round or second round, I guess. Um, we all know, and I don't know why, we all seen what Atlanta Falcons did. They took Pitts like at five overall or six or four overall, whatever the hell it was. Pitts was fourth well, overall. Yeah, there you go, fourth overall. And, and to this day, it don't even look like, why did y'all draft him? I mean, you don't use him. I mean, you hardly ever use him. Uh, uh, TJ Hawkinson was eighth overall. Yeah, I figured he was kind of high. So when you look at the tight end from um, Georgia who's out, who's been hurt, he's going to fall – you know, well, let me tell you this. We, we, we're not going to rehash it, but we talked about it yesterday. You can go listen to Sports Ground Online. Uh, go to sportsgroundonline.com and download the podcast. But we had a conversation about right now at the halfway point of the season, um, what are the teams and the franchises that are really going to be, you know, in the quarterback market if they get an opportunity? Um, and I think, you know, that's going to play a lot with my take about the tight end from Georgia because, you know, those teams that are probably going to have those top picks, I don't know necessarily if they're going to be in position to where they could take a tight end, which I think he could be a game-changing tight end, you know, that high with those picks. But wait, make no mistake about it, he's going to be a first-rounder, and that's why I think this game against Missouri, this might be a game – um, and I don't know too much about Missouri's defense. I haven't scouted them or paid too much close attention to them. I know more about their offense. Uh, this could be a game that Georgia kind of misses them uh, a little bit. Uh, but definitely a game that can get Missouri, get the nation talking more about Missouri Tiger football um, than normal, than what really that has been this year. Okay. 877-37-GRIND. All right, so keeping it moving, um, let's transition back a little bit uh, to the National Basketball Association uh, because tonight we have the debut of the in-season tournament going down. So the way I see this, the way, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but every game tonight on the schedule is part of this tournament, right? That There's, no, there's nobody playing tonight that is not – part of 
certain groups and everything. Am I correct on this, Jonas? I think I saw this. I don't know exactly how many games we've got on the dock tonight, but I think they're all part of this in-season tournament type of thing. That is correct. We have the group stage, of course, of this tournament getting started. Seven games tonight. Cavs and so, Pacers is first at uh, 6 Central. Okay. Pads, uh, Nuggets okay. and Mavs in the nightcap. So the Denver Nuggets are taking place tonight. Um, and who they got? Uh, they're hosting the Mavericks. Oh, um, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, the, the slate tonight's a pretty good one. Uh, Cavs at Pacers. Uh, Knicks at Bucks. Wizards at Heat. Warriors at Thunder. Nets at Bulls. Grizzlies at Trailblazers. And Mavericks at Nuggets. And that gets your in-season oh, tournament started. Mavericks at Nuggets. And we're and Knicks at Bucks. Uh, Nick set bucks. Yep. Those are really, no, those are pretty much the two. I, I think the rest of them, I mean, Cavs, I, we just talked about them earlier. Um, I'm just interested to see what it looks like. And I'm interested to see the energy of the players, you know, because um, I know this is not on the level of a all-star game, but, you know, it, you, you'll be able to tell, at least I will, by the body language and the effort and the way the coaches handle this thing on how much the players are really bought into this. They can have the promo commercials, you know, an Ocean Eleven feel slash Mafia Sopranos feel. They can do all that. They can change the jerseys. They're going to have different courts. But what are we really going to get out of this? You know, what are we really getting out of this? And we'll see as a brace. Now, if you're the Denver Nuggets and you're coming off your first loss, and I think what is the key about this is that Mike Malone, you know, if you're talking about defending a title and you got 82 games to go before you really get to where you want to be, like to get not not necessarily back to June, but just getting in the playoffs, like, hey, we're close. Now we really can defend. You got to get through the, you know, the groundhog days of an 82 game. This is a little bit of benefit, I think, for Mike Malone and the Denver Nuggets because you can kind of have, you know, kind of like a in-season tournament goal, like an opportunity to win another quote-unquote first title, you know, in-season title, however this is going to play out. But I think it might benefit them just a little bit to kind of keep their um, interest. And I don't want to use that word because I, I, at the same time, like I've told you all for the last couple of weeks, Mike Malone, I mean, these this Nuggets team, other than stomping their toe against the uh, Minnesota uh, Timberwolves the other day, they came out like really not – look like a team that's hung over they like they didn't they, they, they didn't um they didn't take a page from the chiefs they didn't party too much not enough they didn't do too much san ross team and by the way san ross team the character robert de niro you know sharon stone and kept tricking on him kept spending money kept it so you can have the jewelry you can have that the whole time she's just sending money and stuff to her ex junkie too much san ross team not the Nuggets' problem. So I think this type of matchup with the Mavs and this go, and really when we talk the Mavs, we haven't talked Mavs that much yet, um, but really I think with the Mavs, what I have noticed with Luka and his post game and all that, but I'm going to dive into him, that at least he's talking defense. He's talking defense. And that started but, last uh, year. Did it, though? 
I, I don't know about that. I, I disagree with you on that. It, it where I believe it started. It, I believe it started this off season with the talk from Jason Kidd and Mark Cuban. See, last year's talk started was you need to get in better shape. You need to stop hooking a hookah, whatever you call, whatever the youngest call it. You need to stop worry about the fast cars and all that and drinking and partying. You need to get in shape. That was last year's postseason going into that. But in season, he started talking about defense last year, and because I remember having these conversations. You said, well, I, I see you talking about it, but yeah. I need to see it on the floor. But see, this is the, I think the difference in the first couple of games I've seen is that he's talked about it, but there's efforts to where it's really he's really trying. Walking the walk. I, I think this offseason there was a heart-to-heart talk. Because remember, Jason Kidd, I've said this before, Jason Kidd gets a lot of credit when we think of remember Jason Kidd from his assist and point guard and that Nets team with Kenyon Martin and, you know, Richard Jefferson early in his career that got to the finals and got, you know, dealt with, with the Spurs. But what we don't talk about is Jason Kidd made some first team and second team all defensive too for that guard position. So there's no way he can sit there and be the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks and stomach Luka just not even giving an effort on defense. So no, I never saw really Luka do anything defensively. I didn't hear him harp on it as much early. So I think as we go on and even starting tonight and going forward, that's really the question with Dallas. Because until you're, if your best player does not want to commit whatsoever to playing defense, you can't win. You're not winning a title. And I don't care how what generational player he is, where he's come, he's got Kyrie over him. They can probably outscore most teams on any given night, especially in the last three minutes of a game. You know, who's going to be that second guy to kind of get going? Because when you look at it, bring it full circle, when you look at the Spurs and we talk Wimby, the question is, as this go, who's going to be that two guy to Wimby that when you get down the last three or four minutes, it's the best two versus the best two, who's going to outlast? So I think to me, it doesn't matter. He's going to have to really play defense for the Mavs to get their second NBA championship in their franchise history. If he does, if he doesn't do that, he'll just go down as one of the hell of one of the best players we've seen. But it's going to go down winless, uh, ringless, I should say. What do you got? Well, looking at, again at the mid at the in, sorry in season tournament, you've got me saying mid season. I want to say mid season because it feels like this should be for mid season type of stuff. But whatever, I, the, I feel the you. In season tournament, uh, the Nuggets are fa- uh, second um, second odds favorites to win the whole thing, plus eight fifty behind the Celtics at plus seven fifty, just ahead of the Bucks at plus nine. Uh, Joker is the in season. Um, Early favorite for MVP at plus twelve hundred ahead of Tatum at plus thirteen hundred. Uh, so, so when you look at, and I think it goes beyond just the Mavs wanting to stay perfect on the season. They're one of two teams along with the Celtics uh, who have yet to lose this year. Uh, the Nuggets wanting to get that taste out of their mouth in terms of that loss, but there's a few others that really want to keep that momentum going. I mean. The, the Warriors, for example, they, they're off to a hot start, um, and this is, again, continuing to build off of last year. This is something that means, I, I think, a lot more to other teams. Pacers have started 2-1-0 and dropped their last two. So, of course, they want to come out and get one on Cleveland. So, these are the fact that these are regular season games, these still matter for the whole 82. I don't think it's difficult to get up for them. Um... 
I would say no because there's no evidence to show that because we don't see most teams go apple sack to the wall in 82 anyway. We're coming here talking about low management. We're coming here taking guys off. I think that, you know, to me, for the fan standpoint, it can make a feel difference. And I think that goes along with changing the court colors, having the, each team has their uniforms they're going to wear for particular this because you got to, you know, you got to put like, hey, this is different, you know. Like when I was, let's say, I don't know, fifth grade year, I got voted to be patrol. I made it as, you know, the patrols back in the day, you know, come out there, have the orange little thing, the thing, whatever like what, that. Like crossing guard or hall passes? Well, I was never a hall model. That was too close to me ratting on people, so I wouldn't even really okay. do that. It was more of just the uh, patrol, you know, that was a cool thing to do. But you had to put them loud-ass orange hats on and the orange vest like to let everybody know, hey, he's not just a kid. He's helping to protect caution, stand out. This is what these old uniform and all this to let the fans know, hey, this is different. Do the players feel it? No. I mean, first of all, tell, I don't even know when does this end. Like, so one group or whatever. When it, when do we crown? Like, how long does this in not midseason but in season tournament go on? There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people in this business, and like myself in the industry of sports talk, don't can't tell you the rules of how this plays out. Who do we know wins? When it wins? Well, who wins the night? Who they play next? This was put out there, and I don't understand really how this was really voted and why this was so much of like, hey, we've got to do this. Um, and, and that's why I'm going to wait to see if it makes me feel any different. But most people can't even tell you how the hell this thing is. This thing works. I mean, it, it's a regular season game tonight. Dallas is going to the defending champs to take on the Nuggets. And they're going to wear some different uniforms. Uh, the finals on December 9th in Las Vegas. Okay. And think about it. The NBA wasted no time to do this. They could have waited like week three, a month into the season to start the tournament. No, they were, oh, let's roll it out now. First week and a half, two weeks, let's start. Well, because it's about the NBA season starting slow, players resting early, and I've heard talk about it being part of the the, 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 the league's TV contracts are coming up, and so they're trying to increase viewership throughout the year. I got you. I got you. We'll see how it feels tonight. But that is a wrap for today and a week, the end of the week. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, people up in Tyler, and people down the whole 305 South Florida region. When that alarm goes off Monday morning for you hit the snooze button and for you out the rack, just ask yourself. You grind in peace. See you all Monday. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging. It's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind.
Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you. Cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind.